You're listening to a podcast of Master Your Finances with me, Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional. Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on 1077thebronc.com. Another day, another dollar, and our certified financial planner professional, Kurt Baker, will give you the tips you need to turn that single into a sea of green with Master Your Finances. Whether you have enough to get by or too much in your pockets, Kurt Baker and his weekly guests are here to show you how to manage it all. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment, LLC. Now listen up, because it's time to get a hold of those money matters and master your finances. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Master Your Finances presented by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. I am Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional located in Princeton, New Jersey. I can be reached through our website, which is www.cwmi, or you can call me directly at 609-716-4700. And this week, we're very pleased to have with us uh, Paul Candle, is the president of Boast Groupware, an innovative technology company focused on helping smaller and medium-sized businesses operate more efficiently and reduce costs associated with business software they need to operate. He is a seasoned executive with over 30 years of experience in business operations, pharmaceutical distribution, sales, account management, technical product management, and business general management. He began his career after graduating from the Citadel as an officer in the U.S. Navy, prior to joining Boast, Paul has held various executive leadership uh, positions at IQVIA, uh, Segendium, and Invertive Health, Dendrite, and Inter- Dendrite International, and McKeeson. I hope I didn't mess up those names too bad. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of them in there. <laughs> Sorry about Sejadim, that. Uh, like. is one of them. Inventive Health was yep. the other one. And McKesson uh, okay. is a big pharmaceutical distribution company. Excellent. Well, yeah, Paul, I appreciate you coming on today. And uh, it's a, I think you have a fascinating story. Uh, and I'd love you to kind of go into how you did this. But you were kind of in the corporate world, so to speak, right? And, Absolutely. And an expert for many, many years. And then you decided to do what a lot of people do in the corporate world. Say, I really want to go out and do something on my own. And uh, kind of tell us that story about like your corporate career and then what made sure. you decide to do what you're doing now. And then how did you turn that like, dream, so to speak, into uh, the reality that you're starting to live right now? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me here as well. Um, yeah, the background, you know, I was in, in military school. I went into the, into the armed forces. <clears throat> and then uh, when I came out, you know, I had a lot of experience managing people from the military and a lot of training. So uh, I jumped into operations first and started working for a variety of different companies running the operations of the business. And uh, one of the things I started to think about is where do I want my career to go? Do I want to be an operations guy for the rest of my career? So uh, I asked my boss at the time if I could move out of my operations role into a sales role. And he thought I was a little crazy, but he, he said, you know, uh, I thought who's going to run a company, you know, usually somebody from sales or finance or something like that. Um, and I, I just wanted to diversify my career. So when I did that, I moved over to uh, Dendrite International and uh, ran into somebody who actually had a technology that could process pharmacy transactions. And uh, what we decided to do with that uh, was create a product that would automate discounts. Right. So when you went into a, a pharmacy, you would give them your insurance card, but also give them a brand card that would reduce your copay. And you see them on TV all the time now sure, uh, where absolutely. it says pay less, no more than zero and all those type of right. things. So I got involved in that technology and built out that product um, and then worked my way through that company until I was the general manager of the company and did it for about 10 years. Um, as that kind of 
went, went along, you start thinking about as you, you've achieved a lot in your career, you've kind of passed all the milestones that you wanted, what do you want to do next? And so um, I started thinking about what I wanted to do next, and I ran into an old colleague, um, Akshay Kapadia, who had started a company um, with the software package and also a services business. And we both came from providing services and had worked together in the past. And he said, you know, I've got this software package that I really want to promote that I've built based on a variety of different things. And uh, so we sat down, we had a conversation about it, and I joined his organization a little over a year ago, um, worked for a while with him in the services side, and then um, he asked me if I'd take over Boast Groupware and really bring it to the market because we used it ourselves for almost two years, uh, but we didn't commercialize it and sell it. And then we thought, well, it's working great for us. Why don't we bring it to the market, try to help everyone else with kind of an innovation in the way software operations run today? I think that's a fantastic story. And I think a couple of pieces in there I saw that we talk about is that one is that you developed a lot of expertise. You actually made a business decision in your career because a lot of people forget that they're actually their own, they have to promote themselves. They're kind of their own mini business. And you shifted from operational to sales with kind of a longer goal in mind. Right. And also, I noticed in here that uh, you must have been networking throughout your career because sure. you joined up with another friend later on who had some expertise. So, um, so you're prepared and then you met the opportunity. So that's kind of fantastic that, uh, that I, I think a lot of this was probably the way you operated during those many years you were in uh, corporate America to kind of meet the right people and, and get the right skill sets. And now you're ready, right? So now you're exactly. ready to go out and now you're doing this on your own, which I think is fantastic. So tell me a little bit about like, okay, you, you meet up with your friend and you see the software package. Now you've tested it out for a couple of years and now you want to take it to market so there's obviously risk involved in that. So what are some things you went through for that? And then now what are you doing to bring it to market? So how did you set up right. kind of your uh, quality controls aspect? And now you say, well, look, now we need to get people to know about this because obviously software, especially, is a very competitive world. How do we roll this out to get people to kind of adopt um, a new th a new way of doing things, so to speak? Sure. Yeah, very competitive. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the way we went about it was a little bit different than uh, maybe some companies might approach it. We, uh, through the network, and again, our, our founder, uh, Akshay, has a tremendous network of people and a great reputation. And so what we did is really assembled people that we worked with before. Uh, and a lot of those folks have a tremendous amount of experience as well. You know, developers with 25 years of experience that, you know, coded, managed large teams of enterprise software implementations. And now at this stage of their career, they kind of want to go back and do it again. Right. So and build a product and be part of the beginning of it. So that's how we assembled the team to get everything put together so that we could control the quality that we were going to put into the market. Right. Make sure we have all the appropriate checks and balances. And it's a team of people who have been there and done that. So that was a, a really good approach. And, you know, we didn't outsource it to a third party or, you know, come up with an idea for software and then go to a bunch of vendors and say, can you build this? We actually hired people and built it ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we're in total control of the way it functions. And as we our other organization grew, you know, we had to make changes to it. So we kept updating it saying, well, could it do this or should it do that? Or how are we going to do X, Y, and Z? And we would build additional modules. So what the product started out to be is very different than what it is now because it's supporting a variety of different types of customers who give us their requests. And we have a kind of a, a methodology. It's a 40-40-20 rule. You know, so 40% of what you build is where the market's headed. 40% of what you build is what your customers ask for. And 20% are improvements to what you already have. So it's kind of the methodology to go about taking the product and continue to advance it. Um, so you don't get tied up in just what customers want. And you don't just try to anticipate where the market's going. You have kind of a blended approach to it. 
Oh, that's kind of interesting. Cause, I mean, I've heard, I, mean, I remember like Steve Jobs is always famous for saying, I, I know what they want before they want it, so to speak. Right. So you're actually on, involved in trying to anticipate what those next needs are, so to speak. So what are some of the needs that you saw that needed to be fulfilled that maybe people weren't aware they might be struggling with that somehow what you developed or what you're marketing fits a niche or a need that maybe not everybody even realizes they need? Yeah, exactly. That's that's really a lot of what the product is, right? The product, because it's so broad and because it has so many capabilities inside it, <clears throat> you start to think about what are the struggles that you had, right? And as an employee of an organization or manager of employees, you hear feedback, right, about the software that they're using. Um, you hear a lot of people say, I don't use it, or I don't like it, or why is it so complicated? You know, and then as an employee, you say, well, why do I have to go to all these different places to do things? Why do I have to, you know, learn every time we make a decision, I've got to learn a new software package or this and that. So you start to think about how you want to run a business and then what are the roadblocks, right? The roadblocks are price, complexity. Um, so especially in the small and medium business space, how much can I afford? And then what do I really need, right? So I always make the analogy that, it, you know, when you buy software, you buy first something to count the dollars, Right, So you go out and you buy some kind of a software package to count the money. And the second thing you buy is something that's native to your business. If you're in the dry cleaning business, you buy that software package that prints the tickets and the, the stuff that you staple on the shirts, right? You got to have mm -hmm. that because you can't run your business without it. If you're in finance, you know, you need some kind of accounting software. Um, after that, you have to start making decisions and they're tough ones on what am I going to spend money on as a small and medium sized business? What do I really need? Do I need an expense management system? Well, I don't know. I have five people that do it. Maybe I, I don't need it right now. Um, and then what you end up doing is you create workarounds for everything that you don't want to pay money for, right? You use Microsoft Excel for expenses because you have it, <laughs> right? So you, I always say you could dig a hole with a pitchfork, but a shovel works a lot better. True. But if you don't have a shovel, you could use whatever you have. So people will kind of create these workarounds. And what ends up happening in the challenge that a lot of people don't think about is you create a method then. You create a process. And it's very difficult to change that process as you scale. Right? So you've created a way of doing something. Everybody does it that way. Everybody who comes in new is instructed by the other people to do it this way. And so if you don't start off with the right equipment in terms of the right package of software you end up creating very inefficient processes in your business, and it creates also a stickiness to those, so it's hard to change. I, I have to agree with that. I, you always hear it. It's, I kind of cringe when they say, well, we've always done it that way, and then you have to say, well, why? But uh, we'll be right back. You've been listening to Master Your Finances, and I'm here with uh, Paul Candle, the president of Boast Groupware. We'll be right back. It's not about the money, money, money. It's all about how you manage your money. Now let's get back to learning how from Kurt Baker of Certified Wealth Management and Investment with Master Your Finance. Master Your Finance. I'm Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. I'm here with Paul Kendall, the president of Boast Groupware. And uh, we've been talking about kind of his transition from a corporate America, how uh, he developed his expertise, uh, did a little bit of a career change in the middle, so he got more experience in sales, so then he could start running the uh, companies. And then as he did, went through that process, um, he decided that maybe... Uh, you know, maybe move on to something else. And through his network, he met a friend who had developed some software that he found very interesting. You guys tested it out. And, uh, you know, now you're kind of on that next phase of it. So in this whole process, I'm assuming you kind of uh, had to do an analysis of kind of where things are going, right? Because you talked about that 40-40-20 rule, right? And, you know, some of it is you're, you know, appealing, I guess, to uh, uh, the market, the customers, and then the 20% is the improvements, right? Right. Absolutely. And so now... So through that analysis, what have you guys discovered as far as where we're going as business owners? Because we're always 
changing whether we like it or not because we're not changing our competitors are changing <laughs> right because they're trying to leapfrog ahead of us sure and uh how do we address that what should we be doing about it yeah so what we started to think about with the product is where does the product fit best right we built the product um we continue to go through the trials and tribulations of using it ourselves and making improvements and adding new modules but where does it fit so you start to look at where the market is today um, there's a big trend in small and medium businesses. And a lot of small and medium businesses are a bit underserved because it's expensive and cumbersome to have a lot of different software. So we started to do some analysis on where the market's headed. And, and basically what you see is, you know, big corporations, a lot of them are already in the cloud and everything's moved. But smaller businesses, you know, you start with some on-premise type things and then you start to think, you know, as we grow and scale, where do we need to be? And the trend is to move towards the cloud. Right. The question is, you know, how do you get there and what's the journey for a small and medium business? You know, in the in the world of small business, the most important thing to them is cost in the medium business. It's functionality. Like, is there enough st for the software that I have? Does it do enough things for me to make my business efficient? Um, and then when they start to do the analysis, you can look at the different, you know, a good uh, Salesforce.com, you know, companies like that are putting out surveys all the time. And you look at the most recent one from them and it says, you know, cost, ease of use you know, ongoing maintenance and support in the small and medium business space, you know, it's got to be cost effective, you know, it's got to be easy to use because you don't have a lot of time. And, uh, you know, you have to have some form of support because normally in a small business, you may have one IT guy. Well, if you do or gal, and that person's not going to master everything that you have. So, you know, where, where are the trends? Those are the trends that are out there in the market in terms of trying to get into the cloud. Now, the question is, you're a small or medium business owner, how do you get there? What's the journey, right? Mm -hmm. So now you start to look at, as I mentioned before, what are the different things I need? And you go through the process of going online, looking them up, trying to do some research, figure out what the best one is, maybe send out a little RFP or get a bunch of people to come in and pitch you. Um, and there's a lot of effort involved in that. And, uh, and in a small and medium business, when you're wearing 14 hats every day, you don't have the time to research all the different software packages th that you need. So you end up doing without. Right. You pick right. a few and you do without. Um, so we started to think about that when we built our product. You know, our entire product's in the cloud mm -hmm. and it's one decision. Right. And the one decision gets you all the 16 different things that are just different functions that our software package performs. So we figured it kind of leapfrogs somebody from, hey, I want to get somewhere. But how do I get there with making as few decisions as possible? Right. Mm -hmm. And at a cost that I can stomach in my business. So that's basically what we did with the product. We. We positioned it for small and medium businesses as, and I, you know, I mentioned this to you uh, previously, as like the Swiss Army knife of software applications. Everything in one place, high quality, um, but you know, not 8,000 different functions and features and all this type of stuff. It does what you need it to do, um, and it gets your business rolling in a way where you, now you have software that you can utilize to be more efficient, keep records in your business because everything's now in the software package and in the cloud. Um, you know, you watch 60 Minutes, you'll see things like ransomware, you know, everything from small towns to Atlanta, you know, right. uh, ransomware will come in and take over a company. Well, when you're a small business, you don't think about it, but what happens if it happens to you, right? So there's, there's risks associated with not moving stuff into the cloud. There's costs associated with it, uh, but it's a quandary if you're in an SMB type uh, business. How do you get there? And right. so what we wanted to do was address that with kind of the all-in-one, you know, utilize our system. And as you know, as the market grows and as the companies grow, we're growing with it, right? We're continuing to build more features and we're continuing to build more functions inside our system. So um, that's really where the market's headed. 
uh, where we positioned ourselves was to try to solve the challenges that are sitting out there. Um, you're right, there's a lot of research to do. Um, you can't do it alone. You have to hire some folks to help you out. And I've hired some consulting companies in the software space to help guide us, give us more information, answer tough questions. Um, there's only so much research you can do be before you have to get somebody else that you can ask the questions to can go out there and get you some solid answers. Yeah. A couple of things. One, I just want to make sure that our viewer, uh, maybe we should do some basics here. I mean, what you said the trend is to the cloud. Right. Maybe explain a little bit exactly what that means. I mean, people hear this all the time. Sure. Like, I've got a computer. It, you know, I plug it in, and, okay, things pop up on my screen. That's what most people know. So I just want to make sure we get yeah. an explanation of what the cloud is, sure. why we're trending towards it. And also, maybe the other thing I'd like to ask you about is, well, we talk about too many functions, and I know that myself because, like, I'll use Excel. And I'm like, you know, 99% of it I'm not using, right? So I'm, I'm setting up basic stuff because I have other software that does, like, the really intricate stuff. But it is kind of overwhelming. You're almost like, I wish I could just, like, delete all these icons that I'd never, ever, ever going to use. I'm not going to do advanced, you know, statistical analysis or, or something on a spreadsheet. I mean, there's right. certain things I'm just not going to do there. They're going to do it somewhere else. So um, I'm just curious about, one, you know, a little bit about what the cloud is, why people are trending there, and also how did you kind of decide which features were most needed? Right, exactly. Right. Okay, yeah, sounds good. So from the cloud perspective, um, you know, if you rewind the clock a ways back, you know, everything is considered, quote, unquote, on-premise. You had a server in the other room. You know, you had all your software packages loaded on there, and you bought software, and it was loaded on your server, and it was configured to your company, right? So um, that's the on-premise solution. Um, you have to have hardware. You've got to have somebody to maintain the software. And every time you need a change or an upgrade or something like that, you were going back to the company that sold you the software and saying, hey, can you add this? Can you do that? Um, the cloud, um, you know, takes everything and puts it into software as a service, which, you know, Salesforce.com and companies like mm -hmm. big companies like that capitalized on. You can buy space from Amazon, uh, Microsoft, you know, we're, we're in the Azure cloud. So what that means is there's one version of the software that keeps getting updated. And every time you access it, you're accessing it um, outside of your facility, right? Your, your machine or whatever you're using, whether it's a phone, a laptop, a tablet, is actually accessing it from somewhere else. It's not actually on your machine. Mm -hmm. So there's no software on your machine. If you're using the cloud, you're actually tapping into the software in another place, right? And then when that software is updated, it's pushed down to everybody. So when we make an update in the system and add another module, everybody gets that module. It's part of the, the package. Right. Um, so you don't really have a personal version of it. You have, in our, in our words, you would say a customized version of it where certain labels or dropdowns or things like that are for your business. You can do that inside a software as a service, but the functions of everything are actually sitting in the core code, which is up in the cloud. Right. Just like taking the picture on your desktop, right? Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like if you want a different color or something, but it's still the same operation system, right? Right. It just yeah. looks a little different because you decided to tweak it a little bit. And so, you know, so I just want to make sure everybody kind of understood because then, you know, you know, it just makes things a lot simpler. It's out there. It's backed up. You don't have to worry about as much. Yeah. They're doing all of that for you. It's cheaper. So, right. And then, you know, so it just allows that if you have a storm and you, your lights go out and your building collapses or something right. awful, uh, at least, you know, this stuff is residing somewhere else and it's replicated out there, too. They have to keep multiple copies and things like that, yep. which, uh, you know, just kind of and it's secure. Right, they all have to handle all that security right. end of it too. Yeah, nobody's so. going to tap into your server and wipe it out. There's right. no ransomware that's right. going to get you things yeah. like that. So you're you're definitely secure, yeah. um, and you know everybody's connected now to ev everywhere. Right. right, you know people are traveling. They stop by McDonald's and use the Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know, so sure. everybody's connected. So now that it's not on premise, you're mobile with it. 
Right. Because it's, it's, you're tapping into it, you know, and it's sitting somewhere else. So it's not like, oh, I'm not at the office. I can't use it, which was the old days, right? Right. Uh, or I took it home on my laptop uh, and, you know, I'm just using that version. And if you never updated it, you would fall behind. Yeah. So right? I think we're starting to forget that when we start getting on the cloud, that there used to be this old way of doing things. Sure. It's yeah. much better. It's much better. Yep. Um, so I guess the other part is how did you kind of walk through that process of saying, hey, Here's what people use and here's what people don't use. I know whenever I talk to people who are not technically savvy at all yep. uh, or just don't want to spend the time, it's like, I wish they would just get rid of all this other Just give me the stuff I need to use, and I, I don't want all this extra diversions, all these other diversions on my desktop. Right. Yeah, and, and so that's that's another piece of what, what we did, yes, is how we got there. Um, you know, we've had a lot of jobs in our careers. We've worked a lot of places, and... You're right. You know, when somebody builds a software package that does one thing, whatever that thing is, the best thing that they can do is build a lot of features. It's a features race, right? It's no different than automobiles. Um, you know, when you go to buy the next car, does it have, you know, lane departure warning? Does it have this? Does it have it? And sometimes you'll, you'll say in your head, you know, does it have it? And then you'll realize, I don't even use it. Right. Right. So that's what happens in the world of software. You build one function, you know, say you're doing expense reports in, in uh and that's your software package, you have to build a lot of extra features in order to be competitive. What we did is went back in and said, what do you really need to do? Right? And then what are some of the features that would be nice to have in there that you know automate the process a little bit, but not crowded with things that you don't need? So expenses is a good example, right? You, you need to create in a report, you need to write in a, a line item of what it is, and you need to take a picture of the receipt. Right. Right. Now you can add 52,000 other features, but that's not really what you need to do. It's kind of what do you need to get it done right, right and efficient? So build features and functions in that help you be efficient doing it, but not give you all kinds of extra stuff you don't need because it just clutters up the space of what you're trying to do and it makes it more complicated. It probably takes longer to train somebody too, I'm assuming, right? Right. You know, and if you look at where, you know, trend of the market, there's four generations of employees working right now. And whatever right. you build specifically, if it's technology, it has to be good for everybody. Right. All right. So it has to be simple, direct, straightforward, but it has to have enough bells and whistles that somebody doesn't say, oh, you know, this is kind of antiquated. So you've got to balance that out. And uh, what, what it comes down to is personal experience. For each one of these things, you know, what's the personal experience? Um, another good example is in conferencing and things like that. You know, we built notes into the conference meetings uh, because I didn't want to have a conference to take notes somewhere else. Right. And then distribute the notes from somewhere else. And then when I want to go back, rather than going and just looking up the meeting, with the notes embedded in it, now I've got meetings in one place and notes somewhere else. So, you know, we try to build features like that that just make sense and uh, and make your life easier when you need to go back and look for that information. Excellent. Yeah, you've been listening to Master Your Finance. I'm Kurt Baker. I'm here with uh, Paul Candle, uh, the president of Bose Grouper. We'll be right back. It's not about the money, money, money. It's all about how you manage your money. Now let's get back to learning how from Kurt Baker of Certified Wealth Management and Investment with Welcome back. Master, your to Master Your Finances. I am Kurt Baker here with Paul Kendall, the president of uh, Bose Groupware, and we've been talking about his journey and uh, the development of this uh, groupware that they put together, which is really designed uh, to try to simplify uh, business for small to medium-sized businesses and, and in, a, in a way that's uh, cost-effective uh, so we were talking a little bit about how you decided what the features were. It sounds like you had a lot of personal experience and things like that. Um, so what has been your experience when you go out to anytime you create any kind of software, aren't you going to, you're going to get a little feedback from your customers, right? So you're going to, so one size doesn't always fit all, so to speak, but you can get close, but you have to have a little flexibility in there for people. And, uh, so as you put this out there, 
I guess a couple of things. Have you noticed things that people are like, wow, that makes it a lot easier? Have you noticed, I guess the other thing would be something you thought maybe they didn't need, and they're like, well, maybe we need to add that back in. Right. Maybe, exactly. maybe make it too simple, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, and when you have a lot of functions in one place, right, they all have to connect too. And if you're in one place, um, you, you naturally think if you're there that you, why can't I do this from where I am? Because I'm in one big system where if you had mm-hmm. different systems, you wouldn't think that way because you'd say, well, I just got to go over there and do it in this other package and come back to this one. So, um, yeah, you kind of go through a, a sense of what are customers going to need from the system in itself and what pieces of that should be customizable is step one, right? So you look at uh, what what have we built and then where do you customize it for an individual company? So it can be as simple as um, when you have an opportunity management system and you go in and you put a deal in, there is a drop down for what are you selling? Well, every company, you're not selling it to just one company. Yeah, right? we sell it's different a, things. That's right. That's Everybody sells something different, especially if you're building a package that's not just for one vertical, right? If it can right. cross verticals, all of a sudden, you know, you need to keep that in mind. So the developers made sure that in all those areas where there were drop downs, that we could easily change them. Um, and then across the top of things where there are labels, um, I'll use opportunity management as a as an example, you know, Miller-Hyman 101 is, you know, prospecting, scoping, proposing, closing, like these are the stages, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. you put them in. Uh, but somebody else might look at that and say, that's not how we go about it here or not what we want to track. Maybe we want to track how many WebEx meetings do we have that turned into in-person meetings. And we don't have all those middle stages. We just give them a proposal and they sign it and it's done. So you need to be able to change the labels at the top so that it fits the business as well. So that's where you start out with. Uh, in our mind, was make sure that we can change the labels to fit the business or the process and make sure we could change the drop-downs to fit the way the organization operates. So that was the step one of it. Um, and then you start to look at making it simple. So you, you do make it simple, but then uh, you get feedback from customers like, well, and I'll use the opportunity management system, you know, when you go in there, you have to put in a, you have to select a company and a person. Mm-hmm. from the drop-down list. Well, if you haven't loaded a company or a person, then you can't put an opportunity in, right? right. You go there True. and you click it and the company's not there. So you say, oh, so the feedback you get is, well, can I add a company from this screen and mm-hmm. add a person? So if I'm going in and I've got this deal, I'm all excited and I go in to enter it, you know, can you build places in here that kind of shortcut me to other spots? Right. Uh, so that's a lot of the feedback that we get is like f- uh, process flow, you know, um, how I'm using it and how I'm navigating it. And can you give me some shortcuts or things like that to make my life easier? So that's a lot of what, uh, what we get from customers is that type of feedback. Um, and it's good because they're in different industries. Um, and so they do things differently. Um, and so the feedback that you get is, uh, is really good because it's not just kind of one way of doing things. So you have to think about it and make sure you build it so that it fits when you have a package like we do that's not for one industry. Um, how, does it, how is it going to take, you know, how are you going to take it forward and make sure that it meets the needs of the masses mm-hmm. um, without cluttering it up with too many, fe- too many features that make it confusing, but also make sure that the flow is good. And um, that's really uh, what we've been focused on. Um, and, and we're fortunate to have developers that think three steps ahead of everybody anyway. So every time we ask them for something, uh, we give them a requirements document. They're always adding extra stuff in that just, again, just makes sense. Um, so, you know, we're fortunate that we have the, the seasoned group that we do. So you don't have to overthink it. 
Um, okay. And so, you know, that's that's really the way. So, what we're do you what do you it. see kind of as your toehold into? Because I mean, we all all businesses that are running mm-hmm. are doing something now, right? Absolutely. Whether it's writing on a piece of nap, on a napkin somewhere, they're they're all do they all have a process and some kind of process. It may not be an efficient process, right? So, so if you're coming in, um, as you as you noted, like especially in my industry, we have very specific software for certain things that you know that are that are already out there that that have been around for a little while but mm-hmm. there's other things that we do that are more rudimentary like writing letters and sending emails and i mean all these other things that we do are our back end accounting and hr or just whatever right. um so at what where do you kind of see like the entry the lo- logical entry points where somebody's like i'll try this and then how does that fit to what might already be there right exactly yeah so everybody's got something right, right. business is running um, you know, and people who are starting up, you know, they probably don't need a whole lot of software. They need a few things like we had mentioned previously. Um, so where we come in is kind of filling the gaps, right? That, that would be step one, which is I already have two or three things that I'm using and I'm, you know, handwriting, you know, go back to expense reports or, right. you know, I'm not tracking my assets anywhere. You know, I'm handing out all kinds of company equipment, but I don't have it anywhere. So, well, we have asset management, you know, right. You can, print a little ticket for it and you can put it in the system and you know we know who's got the projector then if it's a traveling projector for the sales team or whatever it is right so um that's really uh lost my train of thought sorry right so uh, the different features yeah. that like kind of get you in first like you talked oh, about right. like things yeah, yeah. that maybe so how and then how it fits with what might already be in structure and be in right. place yeah that's the other point is integration so you you know you can't boil the ocean Right. You can't do True. everything for everybody in like every place, but it's not going to work. <laughs> so what we did was we built a resources section in the homepage of our system that hyperlinks you out to your other software packages. And we built a password vault so you could store your passwords in our system as well. So, you know, our, our system will f- perform all the functions that you may not have and then connect you to what you have already. Uh, because, you know, one of the biggest uh, difficult things for anybody to do is change. True. Right. Even if it's for the better, it's still difficult to change. So uh, really, when, when you start to think about it, it's what do you need that you don't have? How can we integrate what you do have? And then as you kind of move down the, the course, take a look at what's in the system. And if you uh, are paying for a se- separate package and we already have it, you might want to consider looking at ours and seeing hmm, that probably would work for me. I don't need to renew what I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just going into an organization saying, you know, Get rid of everything you have and use us because it does it all is not the right approach. That's a little risky from uh, <laughs> and it's from risky from a corporate perspective, right? right. And you, you might have something that you really like, you right. know, and that you are paying a premium for, but it really works for your business. So keep it. You know, we're not going in and saying don't, uh, you know, get rid of it all and just use us. Uh, but we can come in and fill a lot of gaps because in the small and medium business space, you know, the companies just don't have all the software they need to operate. Mm-hmm. And, and our toolkit gives you what you need to operate. It's not a finance system. It's not an HR system, but it's business operations. It's what your employees use every day to do their job. So do you have any examples of some of the companies that have said, well, let me just try this, see what happens? Because I'm sure you get kind of, uh, yeah, like, well, let's just try it, right? It's kind of like, it's because you right. never know until you try something. Anytime somebody adds something in, you're, you're always a little, as you point out, a little hesitant because you just never know until you roll it out. It could look great. But until you actually start operating it, you're, you just never know what you're going to get. So what are some of the experiences some people have had that have, that have tried it? And uh, what happened? Yeah, so uh, people who have come into it to try it, uh, you know, look at, at the way it functions. And they say, wow, it's very clean looking. It's very simple. It's easy to use and stuff like that. Um, and they start to realize that they don't need all those extra features that they had somewhere else. And one of our customers said it better than I could. He said, you know, I traded all of the functions and features that I never used in big software packages for a lot more functionality with our software package. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, they, they look at it and say, you know, let me come in here and give it a try. And then when they do that, they say, wow, this is really simple. And oh, geez, everything integrates together, you know? So um, one of the things we have in there that's really useful is the view of a customer. When you put a customer in the system, because we have all these different functions, when you use those functions and select the customer, it, it populates that to the customer's timeline view. So if you shared a document with a customer from the system, it'll show that you shared a document, who shared it in your organization, uh, and when they did it. So you can start to look at the progression of a customer. You know, I sent them a document, they reviewed it, I had a meeting with them or a phone call, and you're recording all this in the system. And then I opened a sales opportunity for that customer, puts it on the timeline. So, you know, a good example of how that's used uh, by a company would be, you know, maybe you are the CEO of the organization, right? And you know who your customers are, but you don't see them all the time. And you're not involved in what, they, what you're doing with them every day. So um, if you happen to be at a conference and you looked across the way and you saw you bill your customer on our system, you could look at the timeline view of that customer and see everybody in your organization that touched them and what they did. So you'd actually be, be right in the pocket of what is my company doing for that person and be able to walk up to them and say, oh, I know we sent you a proposal a couple of weeks ago. What did you think about it? Right. So it really arms you with a lot of information because you can look at the timeline view of somebody and see how is my company touching this person across multiple people in your organization and multiple channels. Wow, so, that's that's great. So trading simplicity powerful. for functionality. I love it. Yep. Uh, you're listening to Master Your Finances, and we'll be right back. It's, not about the money, money, money. it's all about how you manage your money. Now let's get back to learning how from Kurt Baker of Certified Wealth Management and Investment with Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. I'm here with Paul Kendall, the president of Boast Groupware. And we've been talking about their uh, new software that kind of uh, simplifies things, handles a lot of aspects of uh, small and business, small and medium-sized business owners, and, and kind of makes it less complicated and also integrates in with other aspects of the business that might already be there. So it's trying to fill kind of the gaps in there that maybe we're uh, using other, other pieces and somehow we can kind of integrate this under one uh, umbrella, which I think makes things simpler. And I just know... Uh, I know we all go through this a few years ago uh, when our nonprofit was getting to the point where we want to start really putting all this data together. I mean, Salesforce gave us 10 licenses, which was fantastic because it's very powerful software. I'm like, oh, this is great. So let me go use this, right? Well, I have to tell you, I, you know, I, I'm not like computer illiterate, but this was going to take some time to learn how to make all this work for sure. And so we ended up having to have a volunteer come in and help us put all this stuff together. And fortunately, we had that uh, capability. But I can imagine if you're a small business owner with a small office, allocating that many resources, even if the software was free, to have somebody actually configure it so you can use it in a meaningful way, um, that, that's a lot of time and that's a lot of overhead. So I think this is trying to solve that aspect of it, right? This is an example where very, very powerful software, but probably way more than we needed. We needed some pretty simple stuff to happen. Um, so is that kind of your target, I guess? I mean, those types of people that have this really robust stuff but don't need all these bells and whistles out there? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you know, the software that's out there today is phenomenal. I mean, it does a lot of different things. All the software that's built has a lot of features and functions and stuff like that, but it can be to a point of overcomplication, right? Um, you're trying to do some, a fairly simple task, right? You need to capture some data. You need to put it somewhere. You need to manage it, right? You need to close it out when it's done. You yeah. need to store it, right? So what do you need to do that? You need the basic blocking and tackling with some simple uh, process flows that I mentioned previously. So we had a customer in the same boat, had the software, was using the software and just said, you know, I don't need this. 
um, you know, I'm, I'm running a short race. I don't need a rocket ship, right? So right. he came to us and said, let's take a look at what you have and see if I can take that, you know, what I'm doing and bring it over. So uh, in their scenario, their big issue was, how do I get my data from point A to point B? So I like what your software does, but I've got data in the other one. Fortunately, right. uh, our organization is uh, data management experts, and there's a big data warehouse that sits behind our system. So we basically just took the file out of their system and loaded it back up into our system. Uh, when we did that, it was interesting because no different than uh, having too many features and functions. Now there was all this information he had that he didn't need. You know, so he had compiled so much data. Then he went back and said, well, maybe I ought to look at this data one more time before I make the move. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you move your house, the first thing you do is go through everything and decide what you're taking with you and what you're not before right. you start to pack the you boxes. You take about 10% with you, it seems like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you realize how much stuff you really didn't need. <laughs> yeah, that's what the mover said to me. He's like, you know, you're moving out of a big house. He's like, hey, you better take a look at everything you have and decide what you're taking before you put tape on the first box. And I thought, right. yeah, well, that's the same thing for moving one place to the other. Um, we had another situation, which was, you know, in the reporting area. Again, big software packages do a lot of great reporting, pretty expensive. And our customers are like, well, I just need some basic reports. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're a little bit complicated, but I don't need the rocket ship to get there. And we did the same thing. We brought them over, put them in our reporting platform, uh, which we've put together in a model that's more of a pay-for-use type model. Mm -hmm. So it's not expensive. You don't have to buy a license, all those kind of things. So we try to get those roadblocks out for the small and medium business because, you know, they didn't want to buy a bunch of licenses. They just needed a place to have some reports that people could access. Right. Um, and so, you know, they made that transition as well. And um, he's the guy who said, I gave up all the features, you know, that I didn't use for all the functions that I need. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's really the mantra of, of what we're trying to do. Uh, we're trying to take the complication out of it. We're trying to give you what you need to perform the task, but not give you so many things that it becomes, to your point, so complicated. You have to go hire somebody to figure it out. And in that small and medium business space, like you said, there's not a lot of resources. Right. So you don't, you, know, you can't so how, just. How long does it take to get like a new employee up? Because now you're bringing a new software. Any new software is going to have, I mean, it's new software, right? Yep. So if you bring it in, you, even if you have 10 or 20 people, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to be thrown out this software. How, how long does it generally take for somebody to kind of get the hang of it, so to speak? Yeah, we, what we do is we provide training. Uh, we usually try to do an hour training class to do mm -hmm. the Q&A. Um, you know, one of the customers in, in one of the statements, he said, he says, I give them the keys and in 30 minutes, they're ready to go. Uh, the other thing we did was we made everything look the same. So every screen that you go into, regardless of what you're trying to do, you know, whether it's a conference, an expense report, an opportunity management, CRM, everything looks the same. So when you want to add something, there's a little plus button there. It doesn't matter what screen you're in, you click the plus. So once you get it, um, everything kind of functions the same way. So, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of kind of gotchas or things that, you know, isn't intuitive. It's, it's pretty intuitive to use, um, and, and we've designed it so that there's the same look and feel. That right. way the training's not extensive, right? And somebody else can say to another employee, this is how you use it. You click the plus sign, you do this, you do that. Um, every now and then there's something that comes up where somebody will ask us a question like, um, I gave the example of the uh, opportunity management system, and the person said, you know, uh, this isn't working because of X, Y, Z. And I said, well, you don't have a contact in, you know, right. or uh, one of the people was trying to use the um, the meeting scheduler, and, you know, was using uh, our conference uh, and screen share and said, you know, I went into the drop down list for the customers and I can't find my customer, right. but my customer's over in the contacts module. And so we said, well, you didn't give the customer an email address. And if you don't give them an email address, then you can't send them a meeting invite so they don't show up in the drop down. Ah. 
So the system's not going to let you select the person and send it and give you an error message. It's just not going to be there. Ah, okay. So every now and then there's those kind of things in training that we try to build in too. It's to say, you know, a lot of times if you're trying to use something and it doesn't work, it's because you didn't do something somewhere else. So we build that into the training as we well. There's some basic uh, fields that kind of have to be filled out before you can see right. it everywhere, it right. sounds like. Yeah, yeah the system, you know, if you, if you picked a person's name and you pressed send the meeting invite and there was no email address, then right. it wouldn't go anywhere. So right. uh, so the teams made sure that the simple stuff like that um, is is in the system and uh, it'll function appropriately, but there are steps you need to take. So in each one of those modules, if there's something like that, we point that out during the training too. Um, and then in each module, we have a little eye icon that you can click and it'll tell you how to use it. Interesting. So it has its own little you know, instruction manual built into each one of the modules. So have your little niche here, I, which is interesting, simplifying. I'm, I was thinking about it as you're talking about it. I just remember like when we had WordPerfect was like the king or of yep. all, all yep. and it was so easy to use. And then Word, God bless, uh, you know, Microsoft. Yeah. It's like, God, it's so complicated. I'm like, like, I just want to like, you know, change one little thing. And I'm like, but I've got 40 different options up here. And, and I'm just typing basic letters and things. Yeah. And it takes forever to load. Even to this day, I was loading a Word document this morning. I'm like, well, it takes literally like a minute for this darn, at least on my computer. Maybe I have a slow computer. But some stuff is just, I don't know. Anyway, so you're just bringing me back to flashbacks when things were like simpler for like Word documents and things like that. So where do you see things kind of headed from here? Yeah, yeah. So uh, where I see things headed is is more points of integration, right? Um, If you look at what's happening in software today, um, there's a couple key trends, right? There's a lot of packages out there. So companies that are get, actually getting some pretty good funding and things like that are developing solutions to monitor all the stuff you've bought to try to tell you whether you're using it or not, right? Because that's one of the things you always wonder when you run a business yeah. and you buy all this stuff, you always wonder, is everybody using it? Um, and there's really no way to know, right? I mean, the systems, not, not all of them have reporting modules in it that tell you utilization and stuff like that, right? You buy it and whether you use it or not, you pay for it. Uh, so there's things like that, or there's companies that are saying, we're going to go that timeline view I told you about that's built into the system. There's a company who came out that said, you know, we're going to develop a software package. It's going to go to each one of your independent applications and scrape this information and put it in our system. So now you have yet another system. Oh, that to sounds go like to. more failure points to me. Yeah, it sounds like more failure. <laughs> it sounds like well, now I have instead of having it where I'm where I'm in and I'm working, yeah. now I got to go somewhere else to find it. And it right. sounds interesting, but um, so I think where things are going is is more integration over time. Uh, building, you know, in our system, building links to other things that you may have. So it's all in an integrated approach. You know, you've got single sign-on and things like that that'll get you into all these independent packages. Uh, But for us, it's more about the integration of having it in one place, building out more features and functions that make sense Mm -hmm. uh, and solve business problems. So one of the things that's in development for us is something I, I call router. And uh, it came from frustration in previous jobs where you'd have, say, a hiring request form and you want to get this approved. Well, in today's world, you open up the Word doc or PDF, you fill it out, Mm -hmm. you attach it to an email, you copy six people, and you send it. Right. Right? And so then after that, you're responsible to follow up with the six people and find out where it is and who who approved it or who didn't. You get emails back from different people, right? Um, So there isn't kind of an approach where you just submit it and it goes through a routing process. Mm -hmm. Um, so we took the combination of a way expense reports work and the way our project management tool works, combined some of those functions together to create a place where you could take uh, a document, per se, or something like that. You can select people in order that you want it to go to. So it goes to the first person. They look at it, either approve or reject it. 
And cool. then if they reject it, it comes back to you. So you Everybody didn't see it before it has the appropriate changes. So, so where would somebody go so. to take a look at this and uh, check it out if they want to check it out? Um, you can always go to uh, boastgroupware.com. It's B-O-A-S-T, groupware.com. Uh, if you want to see a video, you could go to boastgroupware.com backslash O-N-E-1. Um, and there's a picture, a video of me kind of talking through it. It'll show you the different features and functions. So um, it offers a 30-day free trial of the software so you can get in there. And it's not a... Uh, it's not a vanilla version either. If you come into us and you ask us for a free trial, we actually customize it to your business. So it's a functioning tool that's built for your business, even in the free trial mode. And, you know, we'll do the white glove treatment along the way to make sure that you're using it and everything's functioning that way. So well, um, Paul, that's where you can find us. Excellent, Paul. Thanks for very coming on. Great for coming on. You've been listening to uh, Master Your Finance. I'm Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. You can uh, listen to this podcast and all the podcasts by going to... Uh, masteryourfinances.us, and you can subscribe there. Remember that together we can master your finance so you can enjoy financial peace of mind. It's hard to keep up with the fast-paced financial world, but because of Master Your Finances, you have a head start. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, our certified financial planner professional, only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Tune in next week, Sunday at 9 a.m. to get a boost on your financial planning. But if you missed a week, you can check out past episodes. Just go to masteryourfinances.us to check out past episodes and more. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment LLC. Money doesn't grow on trees, but it can grow your portfolio. Thanks to Kurt Baker and Master Your Finances. On Sundays at 9 a.m. Exclusively on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. 